Good morning, everybody. Good to see you here in the house of the Lord. Uh, I jumped into the chat just a couple minutes ago and uh, just uh, so thankful to see everybody there. Uh, just want to highlight uh, one comment made by Brian Hahn. He said, this chat is more lit than Buffalo Wild Wings on a Tuesday. Come on, somebody. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's lit. Buffalo Wild Wings is pretty lit on a Tuesday. And if you don't know why, it's buy one, get one free. Can I get a witness? Okay. Um, also good to see some folks uh, visiting uh, our online service today from different parts of the world. Uh, I see the UK, I see Richmond, Texas, I see Indianapolis, uh, and all over the Bay Area, of course. So good to have everybody with us. Uh, very thankful to be gathered again here in the house of the Lord. And the beautiful thing about this time is that the house of the Lord is your house. That is, wherever you're tuning in from, wherever you're worshiping from, wherever you're watching from, that is the house of the Lord. I yes. uh, wanted to thank a friend of mine by the name of Brother Aaron Green for playing the drums in that worship set. Uh, also want to thank uh, Caleb Linden uh, for uh, rebuilding the, the, the livinghopecc.us slash live where you're, wow. you're watching uh, this service from. Uh, he, was, he was really clutch and so many behind the scenes. Uh, Charles for worship, uh, Brian just for being clutch on those bass parts. Uh, it's just uh, such a wonderful time for us to come together and to worship God in spirit and in truth. I've got a message for you this morning uh, from the Word of God, and I'd like us to just take a moment to bow our hearts and our heads before the Lord, and, and let's just have a moment of prayer as we turn our hearts towards His Word. Father, today, in the name of Jesus, I pray that your Holy Spirit would descend upon each and every heart, that you would open our ears to hear and that you would open our minds to understand, and that you'd open our hearts to believe. As we come before the pages of your word, I thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now, I've been on a journey the last few weeks. Um, a few weeks ago, if you were to ask me, what is my take on this whole situation with COVID-19? I would have told you, hey, listen, it's not a big deal. Everything's going to be okay. You know, we've been through SARS, swine flu, Ebola, and we made it out of that. Uh, this is going to be just like any of those situations. So my first kind of reaction to the whole situation was just to kind of blow it off and say, you know, everything's okay. Everything's fine. And even when it started to appear that we needed to cancel our services, I was the one who resisted that. I said, no, 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 no. We need to keep meeting and we need to, you know, my thing was when the airport shut down, I'll shut down. If the airports are not shutting down, uh, I'm not shutting down either. But then as I started to look at the grim realities of the situation and I began to notice how aggressive COVID-19 is, uh, how quickly it's transmitted and how quickly the number of cases were beginning to be proliferated across the world, uh, then all of a sudden, I started to become overly concerned, and actually, I, s I sunk into a deep place of fear. Yes. And uh, my wife will tell you, I became almost paranoid about it. I didn't want to leave the house. I didn't want anybody to come over the house. Uh, you know, I didn't want my wife to leave the house. I didn't want to go to the store. I remember the first time we went to the store after the shelter-in-place order came out, I was walking around the store going, this isn't going to work. Look at all of these people in the store. Who knows who's got it and who can be spreading it? And knowing that I have a history of asthma and sleep apnea, I was worried that if I get COVID-19, it could be the end of my life. So I sunk into this place of fear. I was telling everybody, don't come to my house. You know, I was just worried and I was, I was afraid and I was constantly paranoid. Now, yesterday, I took some time to seek the face of the Lord. And I spent most of the day just seeking the Lord. But what I was talking to the Lord about is 
I, I was praying this prayer that I've prayed at, at multiple seasons in my life. And the prayer was, Lord, I need to know that I'm being led by you. I need to know when you are speaking to me and I need to know when it's just my flesh. I need to know the difference between being led by you and being moved by my flesh. And I said, Lord, would you teach me to discern your voice? I need to know that I'm being led by you. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, discerning my voice is as easy as discerning the, dis the difference between caution and fear. Discerning the voice of the Lord is as easy as discerning the difference between caution and fear. When you're being led by fear, the Holy Spirit is never afraid. And so fear is never born of God. That does not come from God. But however, the Holy Spirit will give you caution. And when there's a check in your spirit that you should not go down this path, that's the leading of the Lord. Mm. But when there's terror and fear, that is not the leading of the Lord. So that distinction really settled into my heart. And as I began to, to pray about this, the Lord led me to a passage of scripture that we're going to look at in just a second. But what I began to realize is that where we are right now, we must make this distinction clearly in our hearts and minds if we're going to make it through this situation. Now, let me start by saying that the shelter in place order, if we understand the shelter in place order is designed to provide us with a place of, of safety and of security in the midst of the storm that is this sickness. And so what the government has done is issued a shelter in place order. Now the shelter in place order says, stay in the shelter, find yourself a shelter and stay in the shelter. If you can stay in the shelter, you can stay safe from the sickness. Yeah. There's safety in the shelter. And so if you go into the shelter and close the door and remain in the shelter, you will find a place of safety from the sickness. Now the concept behind the shelter in place order is that if you could get everyone in the world to go into their house and close the door and not come out for 21 days, then everyone who has the sickness but does not know they have the sickness would manifest, they would become symptomatic within that 21-day period. And by the end of that 21-day period, they would be, there would be no unknown cases. See, the problem right now is the unknown cases of the sickness. Right now, people have it and they don't know they have it. And that means they're spreading it and they don't know that they're spreading it. Mm -hmm. So the shelter in place order says, go into the shelter and close the door and you'll find safety if you can remain in the shelter. The problem with the shelter in place order is that none of us can actually go into the shelter of our homes and remain there for 21 days straight. Most of us can't do that. At some point, you've got to go to the grocery store because the milk is going to go bad. You're going to run out of eggs. You're going to need some more toilet paper. And so at some point, you're going to have to go out of your home and go to the grocery store and restock your food supply, which means that the shelter-in-place order ultimately cannot provide you with complete and total shelter. That is, the shelter-in-place order does not guarantee that you won't get the sickness. What the shelter-in-place order can do is decrease the possibility that you can get the sickness. It cannot do away with your possibility of getting the sickness, but it can decrease the possibility. So exercising caution means we must abide by the shelter-in-place order while understanding that it does not guarantee that we'll be completely and totally sheltered and safe. Now here's the question, wouldn't it be awesome if there was a shelter that you could go into that could provide complete safety for you? 
Wouldn't it be awesome if there was a shelter that you could run into and you would never have to come out of it? Wouldn't it be awesome if there was a shelter that actually could do what the shelter in place order is supposed to do? Provide you with complete and total safety. Well, I'm going to bring you good news today. There is such a shelter. And it's not a shelter that the government can provide you with. It's not a shelter that your home can provide you with. It's a shelter that only God can provide you with. And we find that shelter right smack dab in the middle of our Bibles. In the book of Psalms, the 91st chapter. Psalm 91.1. Psalm 9.1.1. You know, I, I, I read a testimony uh, yesterday of a couple that was seeking God because they were in the midst of a dire situation. And they got on their knees one evening in their home and they began to cry out to God to intervene in their situation. And all of a sudden they heard this voice from the garage saying, when in danger, call 911. When in danger, call 911. And they went to the garage and they opened the, the door and on the floor was one of their kids' toys. And the toy, they don't know who activated or how it was activated, but the toy was saying, when in danger, call 911. When in danger, call 911. And they said, Lord, is this a sign from you? And what came to their heart was, go to Psalm 91.1. And so they opened their Bible to Psalm 91.1 and they found there God's answer. God's answer to our trouble is found in Psalm 91.1. Now I'm going to give you the whole chapter of Psalm 91 right now. And I want to say to you that this moment right here is the most important moment of the entire sermon. The most important moment is when we receive the word of God from the pages of scripture. What I have to say about that word is secondary to the word itself. And so what I want to encourage all of you to do is after the sermon is over, open up your Bibles and memorize Psalm 91 in its entirety. I want to challenge you Yes. To memorize Psalm 91 in its entirety and to get the entirety of this chapter on the inside of you. Mm. Now, here it is. Psalm 91. This is what it says. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you, dash, lest you dash your foot upon a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, 
Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. This is the shelter. This is the shelter in place. In Psalm 91, God has given us his shelter in place. And right now, God is issuing his shelter in place order. Mm. It's time to come into the shelter. And it's time to remain in the shelter. Mm. It's time to come into the shelter and remain in the shelter. Now, in Psalm 91.1, when he says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, that word secret place there is also translated shelter. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. And this portion of the chapter actually contextualizes all of the promises. I mean, if you look at all of the promises, this this chapter is chuck full of promises, full of promises. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the arrow that flies by day, the the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague draw near your dwelling. You know, there's all of these promises throughout this entire chapter, but every single one of the promises in this chapter is contextual. Every promise in this chapter is conditional. The promises of this chapter are not for anyone and everyone, but for those who have resolved to dwell in the shelter of the Lord. Mm. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. If you don't dwell in the shelter, you don't get the shadow. (laughs) If you want to abide under the shadow, then you've got to dwell in in the shelter. See, this is the problem with modern day Christianity is that we want to we want to claim the promises of God, but we don't want to dwell in the shelter. We don't want to abide with God. We just want to claim his promises. But the promises are only manifested on behalf of those who reside in the shelter. And so God's shelter in place order. God is saying, come into the shelter. See, here's the problem is that if you run from the shelter in time of trouble, You'll find yourself walking through hardship all by yourself. Yeah. And the saddest part of that is that at the end of it, you'll look back and say, God, where were you? Yeah. As if God abandoned you, as if he did not walk with you through it. But if you run into the shelter during your time of hardship, you'll experience the abiding presence of God walking with you mm. through that hardship. Now, the Psalms are the lineage of David. And I'm not sure whether or not David wrote this psalm or not, but all of the psalms flow out of the lineage of David. They're all Davidic in that sense. And you know, what's interesting to me is that the psalms of David are truths that he discovered experientially in his walk with God. Notice the psalms of David are not... He wasn't just kind of sitting down and, and, you know, sitting at his piano and, you know, like dreaming up some songs. Like these, the psalms of David are his theology... And his theology was birthed in his living experience. Now, I want you to imagine this, right? David was a shepherd boy. And we actually see this history in the middle of 1 Samuel chapter 17, when David went to visit his brothers on the battlefield. And while he's talking to his brothers, Goliath comes down into the valley of Elah and begins to taunt the people of Israel and the army of the Lord. 
And all the Israelites ran from him. But David stood there looking at him like, what's everybody running for? Are we, not, are, are we the people of God or not? And so David is brought into the presence of Saul because everybody heard David saying, man, I'll kill that giant. I don't care how big he is. David was just like a thug. He was like a gangster in that sense. And so he comes into the presence of Saul and Saul sees this little teenage boy. And Saul says, I heard you say that you could kill Goliath. He's like, yeah, I could kill Goliath. No problem. I'll take him out. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine to defy the armies of God? And Saul says, uh, Goliath has been a fighting man since his youth. Look at him. He's like nine feet tall and you're like a little kid. How are you going to defeat Saul? And David says, well, that's easy. See, I used to keep my father's sheep. I was a shepherd for my dad. And one day a lion came out and grabbed one of the lambs. And I, I rose up and I struck down and I killed the lion. And then at another time, a bear came after the flock and I rose up and I struck down the bear. So this uncircumcised Philistine will be to me just like that lion or the bear, right? The God who, who delivered me from the mouth of the lion and from the paw of the bear is going to deliver this Philistine into my hand. I, now, I, now, that is explained very quickly there in that, in that chapter there in 1 Samuel chapter 17. But I want, you to, I want you to understand what the background of this. I want you to kind of see and, and live that with David for a second. Imagine this. David's a teenage boy and his dad says, you're going to go out and watch the flocks. Now, David was the eighth son of Jesse, right? Lives in the city of Bethlehem. He's the least esteemed member of his household. All seven of his older brothers, they've got all of the clout and all the status. They've got all of the favor. They get all of the benefits of sonship. David is isolated. He's out with the flocks, which means as a young teenage boy, he's got to spend days, weeks, and months just watching over his father's flocks. So what does he do in his isolation? What does he do when he's locked away, when he's alone, when he's by himself? See, thankfully, he didn't have Netflix back then, or else he might have just opened up his laptop and binge-watched, you know, Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul, right? He didn't have Netflix. He didn't have Facebook. He couldn't get, you know, any... any uh, any, you know, spikes of, of uh, uh, what's that, uh, that, um, anyway, he couldn't get that, that drug fix from opening up Facebook or social media, but he did have a harp. And so David has all these hours and all these weeks and all these months, dopamine, that's what I was looking for. He couldn't get that dopamine burst. So what he does is he grabs his harp and he just starts singing to the Lord. What he finds in his time of isolation is that his time of isolation becomes a secret place or a shelter where he runs into the presence of God. And what he finds when he runs into that shelter and begins to worship the Lord is all of a sudden in his place of isolation, he begins to experience the newness of God, the nearness of God, so that his isolation becomes a place of encounter. And David begins to worship God and he begins to sing psalms to the Lord and he begins to run into this place and he finds it to be a shelter in the midst of his isolation. Now, he's out there every day for weeks and for months and all he's doing is worshiping the Lord and caring for his sheep and worshiping the Lord and caring for his sheep. And all of a sudden, this teenage boy one night is awakened to the sound of the roar of a lion. Now, any teenage boy would be scared to death. He's not a warrior. He's not been trained for battle, but he has been a, he has been a worshiper. And all of a sudden, 
when he hears the roar of this lion, instead of fear, something comes over him. A, a new power and a new strength and a new boldness rises up within him. And instead of running for his life, he grabs his staff and instinctively runs toward the lion. Yeah, yeah. And he strikes the lion down and kills it and rescues his lamb. And afterwards, he's thinking, that's pretty crazy. I never thought I could do that. Huh, that's interesting. And so the days and weeks begin again, and he goes back to worshiping the Lord and, and, and just dwelling in the shelter and building deeper intimacy yeah. with God. And, and over the days and weeks and the months go by, and all of a sudden, one night, he's awakened by the sound of a bear. And the same thing happens again. All of a sudden, this strength comes over him. And instinctively, he grabs his staff and he strikes down the bear and kills it. And all of a sudden, he realizes that because he has been dwelling in the shelter, when the time of adversity comes, he's not afraid. He has power. Because he has been dwelling in the shelter, when the time of adversity comes, he's not afraid. He has power. You see, last year, the, the United States government conducted an extensive exercise to test its ability to respond to a global pandemic. And what they found at the end of that exercise was that the systems necessary to respond adequately to a global pandemic were woefully missing. And the reason we're in the situation we're in now is because last year, starting in the summer, when this exercise began, the United States government realized we are not ready for a pandemic. We do not have the systems in place. Let me ask you a question. Did you have the systems in place? (laughs) Was the spirit, did you have the spiritual systems in place to enable you to walk through this storm? You see, Psalm 91 is the system that you need in place in your heart that can enable you to walk through any storm. You see, Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 26, I believe it is. He says, therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house upon a rock. The rains came down, the floods rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, but it did not fall because it had its foundation in the rock. Yeah. But anyone but anyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Yeah. The rains came down, the floods rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Jesus says, my words are the system wow. that can empower you to weather any storm. Mm. The rains can come down, the floods can rise, and the winds can blow and beat against your house, but it will not fall because you've got your foundation in the rock. One of the greatest problems in contemporary Christianity is believers don't have a foundation in the rock, and so we're shaken when it comes, when the storms come, and when the winds blow, and when the rains fall, and when the floods rise, our houses fall with a great crash because we don't have enough of the word on the inside of us, and we're not dwelling in it day and night. Yeah, yeah. Psalm 91 is a shelter in place, but it only works if you dwell in it. Wow. A shelter is no good to those who do not dwell in it. So you see, you've got to dwell in the shelter if the shelter is to keep you safe. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Shelter and shadow. 
If you want the shadow, you'll get the shelter. Now, I want to bring a few things to your attention about this psalm that I think are so powerful. And we're not, we're not going to have time to answer everything, but the most important thing is that you go home and meditate on this verse. Yeah. He who dwells, the word dwell means to sit or to rest. The first thing God tells us to do in our time of adversity is rest. Wow. The first thing God says is, are you, are you going through a tough time? Good. Learn to rest in the shelter. You see, the shelter can only provide you with safety if you're resting in the shelter. You've got to come into the shelter and learn to rest there. Learn to abide there. Learn to sit down and good, get comfortable there. The image is, if you imagine, if you have a nice comfortable couch or a nice comfortable chair in your living room, and at night you go sit there and get nice and comfortable, <laughs> that's, that's, what you're, that's how you're supposed to be in the shelter of the Lord. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, Elion, the shelter of the Most High, yeah. meaning to come into the shelter, you come into the place that's higher, mm, higher that's than COVID-19, higher than sickness and disease, higher yeah. than, than a broken economy, higher than the U.S. government, higher, higher than your food supply, higher than any trouble and any trial. You've got to dwell in that higher place and that shelter is a higher place. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High shall abide or dwell again under the shadow of the Almighty. That is, instead of being overshadowed by sickness and disease, instead of being overshadowed by the threat of disaster, instead of living in the shadow of impending doom, yeah. instead of living in the shadow of COVID-19, yeah. you're living in the shadow of God Almighty, which is the Hebrew term El Shaddai. Huh. And the word Shaddai has two primary meanings. The first is mountain. Hmm. You'll live in the shadow of God the mountain. That is, he's higher than everything else, but he's unmovable. That's when picturing God as a mountain speaks to his immovability, that nothing moves him. COVID-19 might have moved us, but it doesn't move him. It might have changed life in the world as we know it, but it doesn't change life in the spirit. You see, God is unmoved. Everything else is moved, but God is unmoved. And if you yeah, live yeah, in the yeah. shadow of God Almighty, yeah. of God the mountain, then you are not moved. Yeah, then yeah. everything else is shaken, but there's something in you that is not shaken. Yeah. The second translation of that word Shaddai is breast, which speaks to provision and nourishment. You'll live in the shadow of the God who provides, of the God who nourishes. And you put those two together. You've got Abraham on the mountain. And what does he say? On the, in the mountain of the Lord, it shall be provided. And so if you dwell in the shelter, you live in the shadow. And when you live in the shadow of God Almighty, you live in the shadow of his immovability, of his strength, yeah. and of his provision. Amen. Look at this. Then he goes on to say, I will say of the Lord... Stop right there. Huh. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. Yeah. The most important thing in this season is not what you say of COVID-19. Yeah. Not what you say of the U.S. government. Not what you say of the U.S. economy. Not what you say of what needs to happen. And what, see, everybody's an expert now. You go to YouTube or you go to Facebook, everybody's an epidemiologist, everybody's an economist, everybody knows exactly what they need to do and everybody's attacking one another and you got people saying, we need to jumpstart the economy or more people are going to die in the economy than will die of the sickness. We need to lift the shelter in place. Everybody needs to go back to work. And then other people saying, you're stupid for saying that. Don't you know if we lift the shelter in place, everybody's going to die of the sickness. You go, no, you're stupid. Don't you realize it? And everybody knows. Everybody's an economist and everybody's an epidemiologist. Let me just, you don't know nothing, okay? You don't know 
None of us know, but the one thing we know, the one thing I know is what I, is, listen, if I can stop speaking about COVID-19 for long enough to say something about the Lord, I will say of the Lord, you got to open your mouth and say something of the Lord. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. Come on, you need to open your mouth right now and say of the Lord, say it out loud. He is my refuge. He is my refuge. And my fortress. And my fortress. He is my refuge and my fortress. Come on, say it. He is my refuge and my fortress. You need to learn to say of yes, the Lord. I will yes. say of the Lord. Say of the you Lord. see, it's so important. What you speak out of your mouth is so important. Do you realize yes. that Psalm chapter 106 verse 11 says, once God has spoken twice, I have heard. Mm. How can you hear twice when God's only spoken once? The first time you heard it, God spoke it. The second time you heard it, you spoke it. If you want to be established in the truth, you've got to learn how to hear twice what God has spoken once. That is, you've got to learn how to say of the Lord. You've got to stop repeating what you hear in the media. You've got to stop repeating what you hear on the news. You've got to stop repeating reports of fear and start repeating what you hear in scripture. Start repeating what you hear from the Lord. You've got to begin to say of the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him I will trust. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him I will trust. Notice these two words. He is my refuge and my fortress. A refuge is a small hiding place. Kind of like a bomb shelter. Like if you were alive during World War II and everybody had bomb shelters. And, you know, if you heard that they were bombing right now, you simply opened up the latch and ran down into the shelter and closed it. And it's simply a small place underground where you can hide yourself temporarily from temporary disaster. But then he says, he's not only my small hiding place, my shelter, my refuge, but he's my fortress. A fortress is more like a castle. It's a place, it's a big hiding place where you go lock yourself in and you can remain for an extended period of time. You see, if you know him as your refuge, you've learned to hide yourself in him for short periods of time. But if you know him as your fortress, you've learned to hide yourself in him for extended periods of time. That is, he's your refuge for temporary and small troubles, and he's your fortress for extended and long troubles. And what, see, the problem is, Many of us have learned how to know him as our refuge, but not as our fortress. We need every trouble we walk through to be temporary. We need it to only last a short period of time because that's as long. We we can't stay in the bomb shelter forever. Imagine just being cooped up in this little tiny shelter, but they're going to bomb for like three months. You can't live in the shelter for three months. You need a fortress. You need a larger place. Now listen, you find him, you, you discover him as your refuge. In the day-to-day, just as you're going through your day, just these short moments of turning to the Lord in prayer. Oh, yeah. God, I need you right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 just, you have a trouble at work, some problem at work, and just you don't have time to go lock yourself in a prayer closet, so you just run to the refuge, and you just close your eyes and say, Lord, I need you right now, Lord. And you might have 15 seconds to do it, but you find him there as your refuge. But in this area, in yeah. this time, in this yeah. season, now we need, we need the fortress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you only find the fortress with, with extended times of prayer. Wow. Remember, this is part four of our, of our prayer yeah. series. Yeah. You find him to be the fortress when you go into your room and shut the door, as Jesus said. Yeah. And you begin to seek his face. Listen, if you, if, if you haven't spent more than 10 consecutive minutes in prayer... I mean, you just ask yourself, when was the last time you spent more than 10 or 15? Cons- when was the last time you even spent 10 or 15 consecutive minutes in prayer? Don't you think maybe that's why you're experiencing so much fear? Wow. So much anxiety? 
Find the Lord to be your refuge and your fortress. Go lock yourself in the fortress and learn to spend extended periods of time in prayer. He is my refuge and my fortress. And then he goes on to say, my God in him, I will trust. Mm -hmm. Now listen, now now the promises begin. Now that I've learned to find him to be my refuge and my fortress. Now that I've learned to dwell in the secret place in the shelter. Hmm. Now the promises begin to take effect in my life. Wow. Listen, you got to hear this right now. Surely hmm. he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. Yeah. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. What was yeah. a fowler? A fowler was a person who caught birds, trapped birds, and then hmm. clipped their wings. Hmm. Wow. wow. Here, the devil is described as a fowler. He wants to trap you and clip your wings so you can't rise up on wings as eagles. And why can't you rise on wings as eagles? You you forgot how to wait on the Lord. That's the trap. He wants to catch you and clip your wings so you can't go any higher than you're at right now. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous Pestilence. What's a pestilence? Mm. Hmm. A pestilence is a lethal contagion or an infectious disease. I wonder, am I going to get it or not? Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Hmm. If I dwell in the shelter... I live under the shadow. And if I live under the shadow, the promises begin to activate in my life. He delivers me from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence, which means you don't have to be afraid of the virus. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. Surely the Lord challenged me with this so strong yesterday. Benjamin, do you believe this or not? Is this true or not? Because walking around in fear, I could get the virus. Maybe I'm going to get the virus. Maybe I'm going to die. Surely he shall deliver you. Is there anything in there about the possibility of you getting the virus? Wow. Let me stop you for a second, though. (laughs) This promise only operates in the shelter. Wow. It does not operate outside of the shelter. Yeah. We like to live outside of the shelter, but still try to claim the promises. (laughs) Yeah. Don't spend any time in prayer. We're not walking in the spirit. We want to live in the flesh, but claim the promises. The promises only operate in the shelter. But if you come into the shelter and learn to abide in the secret place of the Most High, then all of a sudden something rises up in your spirit. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. And then it says, his truth shall be your shield and buckler. What's a buckler? First of all, that word shield there in the Hebrew yeah. is also translated hedge, like a thorn, like a thorn bush, like a huge. Yeah. They would build these hedges of thorns to protect what's inside the hedge yeah. from what's outside the hedge. Huh. Meaning if you want to get to me, you've got to get through the hedge. Huh. And the hedge is filled with thorns. Wow. So if you try to get to me, you've got to get through the hedge and the hedge, the hedge is going to tear you up yeah. before you can touch yeah. me. Yeah. 
His truth shall be your hedge. Wow. Now, that, why is it translated shield? Because that word was also used to describe a certain type of shield that the soldiers would, would carry in that day. And it was, a, it was a, the type of shield that covered the entire body of the soldier. It would literally it was a huge shield that stood up above the head and went all the way down to the feet of the soldier. Yeah. That type of shield was a hedge. Wow. But a buckler huh. was a small shield huh. that you carry on your arm. The kind of shield that we're used to seeing, where you've got just little, this little shield. Yeah. Sometimes you need a hedge, a big yeah. shield, and sometimes you need a buckler, a little shield. Just like sometimes you know him as the refuge, yeah. which is a, a small hiding place, yeah. and sometimes you know him as the fortress, which is a large hiding place. He is your shield. You know where David says, you, O Lord, are a shield about me. Or the angel of the Lord encamps all about those who fear him. Yeah. He surrounds us yeah. as with a shield. Yeah. The favor of the Lord shall surround you as with a shield. That is, shield. as yeah. with a hedge. Yeah. His so truth. What is your shield his and your buckler? His truth. His truth, yes. His truth shall be your shield mm. and buckler. Wow. His truth shall be your hedge. But the truth can only protect you if you know it. <laughs> yeah. And if you dwell in it. And if you confess it, that's why he starts by saying, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. You got to declare the truth. You got to buy the truth and sell it not. Yes. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Yeah. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. Amen. Nor of the arrow that flies by day. So good. Nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness. Hmm nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Are you feeling fear during this time? <laughs> Are you afraid of the terror by night? Of the arrow that flies by day? Are you afraid of the pestilence that walks in darkness you can't see? Everywhere you go, are you afraid of it? You need Psalm 91. Yeah. You shall not be afraid. Who shall not be afraid? Those who dwell in the shelter. And then it goes on to say, you shall not be afraid, nor of the, the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Listen to this. A thousand may fall at your side yeah, yeah. Yeah. and 10,000 at your right hand. Yeah. A thousand may fall at your side. Yeah. I don't care how many they report got the virus. Yeah. I don't care how many they report died of it. A thousand may fall at my side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Wow. Is this true or not? If you dwell in the shelter... Do we believe the promise or not? A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes will you look and see the reward of the wicked. I'll talk about that at a later date. <laughs> Going on, listen to what it says. Because you have made the Lord, who mm. is my refuge, mm. even the most high, your dwelling place. Mm. Here is the condition. Mm. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, hear this, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. No plague shall come near your dwelling. What's a plague? Hmm. <laughs> a lethal contagion or an infectious disease. Same thing as a pestilence. Yeah. You know what this is right now, COVID-19? It's a plague. Yeah. Nor shall any plague yeah. 
come near your dwelling. Yeah. Why? For he shall give his angels charge over you mm. to keep you in all your ways. Amen. In their hands they shall bear you up yeah. lest you dash your foot upon a stone. Mm. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Did you hear that? Mm -hmm. He shall give his angels charge over you. Amen. No plague shall come near your dwelling. And then it says, now God takes over the psalm. It goes from David singing to us of the protective power of God to God singing to us of his own protective power. Mm. And this is what God says. Because he has set his love upon me, once again, there's the condition. You've got to get it out. Listen, God's love is unconditional. His promises are conditional. God's love is completely unconditional, but his promises are conditional. Mm. Because he has set his love upon me, mm. therefore I will deliver him. This is what wow. God says. Yeah. He's looking for those who have set their love upon him. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. The word to set on high is a Hebrew idiom, which means out of reach. Yeah, yeah. You see, there's some cabinets in our kitchen with things up in the cabinet that my yeah. wife can't reach. Yeah. And she has to call me and say, Benjamin, can you get that down because I can't reach it? God says, literally in this passage, there, God can set you on a shelf that the enemy can't reach. And the enemy will be standing beneath, reaching up, trying to get you, and he can't get you. You know why? God has set you on high. Because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. And listen, it gets better. I will be with him in trouble. Mm. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Mm. Now I know for some of you a whole bunch of what ifs are coming up. Like... PB, can you really say for sure, for certainty that yeah. I'm not going to get the virus? Like, I mean, like, so no Christians are going to ever get the virus. And if I get the virus, do I have absolute confidence? Like all of these questions yeah, yeah. are coming into your mind and heart. Yeah. And let me define those questions for you. It's called unbelief. Unbelief is where you try to sort out in the natural what God speaks in the spirit. Let yeah. me say this. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the revealed things belong to us and to our children forever. You have to make a decision whether this is true or not. My job is to stand on the word of God and to say that it is so. And I'm saying to you today that it is so. That what God says is true, but the call for us is to come into the shelter. You see, you ignore God's shelter-in-place order at great peril. Hmm. Right now, around the world, there's people who are ignoring the shelter-in-place order. Wow. Yeah. And we've heard so many reports of people ignoring the shelter-in-place order, yeah. catching the illness, yeah. becoming sick, infecting others, and even dying. Why? Because they disregarded the shelter-in-place order. Wow. Let me say something to you. You disregard God's shelter-in-place order at your own peril. Your life is at stake here. You hmm. must come into the shelter. And you can remain outside the shelter and ask every theological question you want. You're still outside the shelter. But when you come into the shelter, 
When you come into the place, into the presence of God, in the presence of God, it's the place where all these promises make perfect sense. And that's what happened to me yesterday. I didn't realize I was walking in fear. I didn't realize I was walking in terror. I didn't realize I was living in a continual state of panic. All I could think about was, I'm at risk. I used to have asthma. Yeah. I'm at risk. If I get it, it shuts down my respiratory system and I die a painful and terrible death. That's all I could think about. But when I came into the shelter yesterday, yeah. into the presence of God and began to dwell there, all of a sudden a new logic took, took form in my life. A new logic took, took hold of my mind. And all of a sudden what began to emerge in my spirit and I began to speak it out with my mouth, no plague shall come near my dwelling. Yes. Surely he will deliver me from the perilous pestilence, from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He will cover me with his feathers and under his wings I'll find refuge. And we didn't get into that and I'm going to tell you what that means right now. Do you know that mother hens, when trouble comes, they instinctively open their wings and their chicks run under their wings and they cover them with their wings. I read once that there was a fire on this farm and the barn was completely burned down. Yeah. And the farmer came into the barn and he began to ruffle through the wreckage and, and through, the, through what was left over. And he found a hen in the middle of the barn completely burnt and, and roasted, just completely blackened and dead. And he just knocked it over. But the moment he knocked it over, these little chicks scurried away and ran out from under her wings. That at that moment of trouble, when the fire came, the mother hen opened her wings, yeah. gathered her chicks, and at, even at the cost of her own life, she kept them safe. Wow. He will cover you with his feathers. Amen. And under his wings, you will take refuge. Let me tell you something. Jesus is that mother hen. Yeah. And on the cross, <clears throat> where he hung between earth and heaven, with nails in his hands and feet and a crown of yeah. thorns upon his head, he opened his arms and he invited us to come Amen. take refuge Amen. under his wings. Amen. You were not created to live in fear. Yeah. You were not created to live in panic. And you've spent so much of your time trying to amass better information because somehow you think if you get the right information, you can protect yourself. Let me tell you something. There is no amount of information that can protect you. Only the spirit of the living God. And at this hour, it is more important than ever that the believers of the Lord rise up in faith. Amen. Why? Because as long as we walk in fear, yeah. God cannot use us for anything in the earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm too busy being afraid for my own life, God cannot use me. Yeah. But this is the hour when God, do you realize that in every plague in history, the church has arisen. Yeah. This is the first time we haven't seen an uprising in the church. We have adapted, but we have not, we have yet to arise. And God's calling us to arise, but we've got to start with faith in his ability to protect us. Because if we're running scared and we're living in panic, God cannot use us. Yeah. I was reading yesterday about a man named John G. Lake. In the early 1900s, the bubonic plague was spreading across the earth. Mm. Started in China and spread from there all over the world. Came to San Francisco and Los Angeles and the Bay Area and all through California. John G. Lake was unafraid. Everyone else, 
Even Christians were just, wherever the bubonic plague came, they were leaving and they were running out. And John G. Lake, he discovered a secret and he went into the streets and boldly, with nothing protective, no protective mask, nothing protective on his hands, he began to lay hands on the sick and pray for them. What was happening was the bubonic plague was killing so many people that people would die in your house and nobody could even carry out the dead bodies because you were afraid to touch them yeah. because you would catch the bubonic plague. John G. Lake, him and one of his partners went house to house carrying out the dead, digging their graves and burying them. And he did this for days and weeks on end. At a certain point, the government sent a ship that was filled with all these provisions and all of these doctors and medical corps. And one of the doctors called him and said, we've heard that you have been out ministering to the sick and even carrying away dead bodies and burying them with no protective gear on, yet you haven't caught the disease. You haven't caught the sickness. What is your secret? You must have a secret. And he says, yes, I do have a secret. My secret is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And the doctor said, what does that mean? He said, because my soul has been in contact with the spirit of God, the virus, the sickness, the disease cannot touch me. Yeah. The moment it touches me, the Spirit of God kills it <laughs> because I've been in fellowship with God. Wow. And the doctor said, don't you think you should wear some of our protective gear? He said, no, but I think you should wear mine. <laughs> and the doctor said, I don't understand what you're talking about. And Lake said, then let's do a test. Go grab one of the corpses. Grab some of the foam that's come out of the mouth of one who has died of the bubonic plague. Put it under a microscope and tell me if you see the, the, that, that sickness, that disease living under the microscope. And then put it in my hand and put my hand under the microscope. I tell you that that virus will die in my hand. And so they took some of the foam. They put it under the microscope. It was alive. They put it in John G. Lake's hand. Put his hand under the microscope and it died in his hand bubonic plague died in his hand. Why? He was unafraid. Why was he unafraid? Because he learned the secret of dwelling in the shelter. Do you know that that man was used by God in the midst of a plague, first and foremost, because he was unafraid. And why was he unafraid? Not simply because he claimed the unconditional promises, but because he lived in the shelter. Yeah. And he said himself, had I not been walking in the spirit, had my soul not been in contact with the living God, there would have been no confidence for me to touch the plague. But because I kept myself in contact with the living God, because I dwelt in the shelter, I knew I had the confidence to know that no plague could come near my dwelling. Let me tell you something. The world is waiting for the body of Christ to rise up. But the only way we can rise up is if we run into the shelter and learn to dwell there. It's not just about you being safe. Yeah. It's not just about your family being safe. Yeah. It's about God wanting to use you at this hour. Mm. It's about God needing to get something done. Yes. But the world is waiting for one man or one woman mm. to come out of the shelter. The world is waiting for one man or one woman who's been with God, who's coming out of the Holy of Holies, who has prioritized the presence of God above all things. One soul that has learned to say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. One soul that has become confident like David. Who has become confident because I've killed the lion and I've killed the bear, so I'm not afraid of the giant. You see, if you've been dwelling in the shelter like David, in the wilderness, with the sheep, in the time of his isolation... He used the time to come into the shelter. I'm so glad David didn't have Netflix. I'm so glad David didn't have Instagram. I'm so glad he didn't have Facebook or we might not have the Psalms. 
we, we might not even have Psalm 91. But because all he had was the shelter, all he had was the presence of God, he learned to live there. He learned to get comfortable there. He learned to dwell there. And because of that continual abiding in the vine, a confidence arose in him. No plague shall come near my dwelling. No plague shall come near my dwelling. But we don't focus more on confessing the promises than we focus on running into the shelter. Our focus is not name it and claim it. Just confess the promises, confess the promises. No, 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 no. Run into the shelter. Jesus, you are my priority. Holy Spirit, I give you my undivided attention. I will seek you early and I will seek you late. Prayer must become our priority. We must focus our hearts and minds on heeding God's shelter and place order. In his shelter and place order, he says, this is the time of storm, but you must run into the shelter if you're to find the place of safety. There is a place in the presence of God in which you are shielded from all harm. There's a place in the presence of God where you begin to experience the power of the Lordship of Jesus, His authority over every sickness, over every disease, over every infirmity. There is a place in the presence of God where it becomes impossible to fear. A place where it is impossible to do anything else but say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. His truth will be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand shall fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes will you look and see the reward of the wicked because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Father, I pray that today our confidence in your word would trump all of our questions. I pray today that unbelief would be broken from our minds and hearts and that you would replace it with faith. Father, I pray that you would teach us to run into the shelter because when I run into the shelter and my soul comes into contact with the spirit of the living God, faith takes over my soul. It takes possession of my soul. And when faith takes possession of my soul, fear has to flee. Grant that we would not walk in fear but that we would walk in faith. I prayed in Jesus' mighty name. Now, I want you all to bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. Some of you are watching 
and you do not yet know Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, let me say to you that step one of running into the shelter is opening your heart to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You see, you want just to be free of fear. You want to overcome panic. You can't simply come for, to God and take from Him the encouragement and confidence you need to be free of fear. You've got to walk with Him. And if you would open your heart to Jesus in this moment, He will come in. If you surrender, you can run into the shelter right now. You don't have to have been a Christian for so many years or so many months. Right now, you can run into the shelter. And you do so simply by opening your heart and praying this prayer with me right now. Mm. And if, you're, if your heart is open to pray this prayer, I want you to open your mouth and say it out loud. I want mm. you to speak it. Mm. Repeat after me. Say, Jesus, Jesus I, open I open my heart to you. And I ask you, and I ask you to, forgive me of my sin, to forgive me of my sin, to wash me, to wash me and make me clean. And make me clean. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. I receive you. I receive you. As my Lord. As my Lord. And as my Savior. And as my Savior. Save me. Save me. Transform me. Transform me. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. And teach me. And teach me. To walk with you. To walk with you. Every day of my life. Every day of my life. Teach me, Teach me to dwell in your shelter, to dwell in your shelter that, I might find that I might find the place of safety, the place of safety and, of peace. and of peace. I ask it in your name. I ask it in your name. Amen. Amen. Now listen, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to just write in the chat right now, I prayed the prayer. Just drop it in the, in the chat right now. Say, I prayed the prayer. I invited Jesus into my life. It's important that you testify yeah. that you made this decision. It is important that you testify mm. that you made this decision. Just drop it into the chat. Say, I prayed the prayer mm. so that we can see who you are mm. and we can pray with you. We are so thankful for what God has done in your life. Mm. We speak blessing and encouragement over you right now. Mm. In Jesus' name, I'm inviting Amen. my wife to come now. Amen. Oops. Amen. That was so powerful. And we encourage you that this week, not only, not only will you, uh, may you go into, uh, you know, the smaller refuge, we've got to go into the fortress, right? So I encourage you, we encourage you to spend extended time of prayer so that you can build that fortress, that you may enter into that fortress in Christ. Amen? You know, I just sense God calling us to arise. Come on. You know, God's been really visiting us in His presence and calling us to another level of fasting. And, um, uh, you know, for us, you know, we've already started another level of fasting uh, on behalf of our people. And, you know, next Sunday, we're going to be preaching about the power of fasting and prayer. And I want to ask some of you, if you are ready, to join me this coming week. Before we hear the word, if you would join me for three days of uh fasting, either liquid fast or just eating one meal a day so that you fast 24 uh, hours. If you would just go to that next level in fasting and in prayer, I just believe God's going to really anoint and empower us 
to arise for such a time as this. We're going to end soon. Will you just close your eyes and lift your hands to God? Spirit of God, we run into your shelter. God, we declare that you are our refuge and our fortress. Father, the name of Jesus is a strong tower. We, the righteous, through the blood of Jesus, we will run into it and we are safe. Spirit of God, will you, God, empower and cause our spirits to arise for such a time as this, God, that this week, Lord, that we will run into your presence, Lord. Father, even as we pray right now, if there's anyone, God, feeling pain in sickness, Father, we declare healing right now. Healing. Release the river of your presence, God. Release the healing power of Jesus Christ. Father, we pray for healing power to remove pain from the neck and shoulder. God, we declare healing over the hips. We just sense God wants to heal the neck and shoulder. Maybe some of you got into an accident and even ever since that accident, like you go into this pain in your neck and your shoulder, we declare healing right now in Jesus' name. I think some of you, you've been struggling with pain in your hip and you can't even work out the way you used to. You can't even run the way you used to. We declare healing. We believe God wants to heal hips right now. So we release healing upon you in Jesus' name. Some of you, the enemy's been attacking you at night with, with uh, nightmares, with fear. We take authority over that demonic attack against you right now, once and for all, in Jesus' name. We release the breakthrough of the Lord upon you. That enemy cannot touch you like that anymore. The enemy cannot attack you like that anymore. We release breakthrough and deliverance from demonic attacks in Jesus' name. God, you will give sleep, a good rest to your sons and daughters whom you love. That's right. That's so right. Father, we thank you. Yeah. Mm. I also sense that some of you have uh, certain symptoms like mm. uh, fever mm. or uh, cough mm. and you're worried that you have COVID-19. Mm. And so right now in the name of Jesus, mm. we speak to those who are yeah. experiencing symptoms and you're scared right mm. now. Mm. Lord, as a sign of your grace, I pray number one, that those symptoms would just be gone. Go right now. Fever, Jesus you must name. go in mm. Jesus' name. Cough, you must go in Jesus', Jesus name. name. Every symptom mm. must go right now mm. in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And mm. I just sense that uh, that, that plague is not going to come near your dwelling. It's the enemy trying to cause you to fear. Mm, mm. And so we command the fear to go right now yeah. in Jesus' name. Yeah. The symptoms must go right now in Jesus' mm. name. And we just declare that your body is being restored Amen. to perfect health by the power of the Spirit of God mm. right now mm. in Jesus' mighty name. Mm. Mm. So church, we bless you. Yes, we do. We bless you. May the presence of God fill your home right now. May you remain in the shelter of his presence. That's right. May you pursue his presence more and more each day. That's right. We love you. That's right. We'll see you on Wednesday night. Yes. Wednesday night prayer. Uh, also, if you're not serving a ministry at Living Hope, you don't have to wait till we're back in physical location. You can. There's a button right under the video that says serve. You can click that and you can join a ministry now. Uh, you can click give to give. You can join a community group easily. All of our community groups online, click community. Uh, let's engage, you know, mm. let's let's get involved and we'll see you Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. for our midweek prayer, Wednesday night prayer, WNP, uh, Wednesday night, 7.30. We love you all from our family to yours. We're praying for you 
And, and oh, also, we're gonna do something, we're gonna do something special this week. Um, what we're going to do this week is we are gonna call everybody that's in our database. Yeah. And so if you are, if you don't get a call from us in the next two weeks, it's because you're not in our database. And we're just gonna call you just to see if you're okay. We just want to know that you're okay. Mm. So one of the staff members is gonna call you this week uh, to see if you're okay. And if you don't get a call from us, then we're gonna give you a way to update um, your information in our database. Uh, matter of fact, it's, it's right under the video. If you look under the video, what's it say? Directory. directory. If you click directory, you can update your information in our database so that you can get a call from us, okay? But we just wanna make sure you're all okay. We love you, we're praying for you, we're here for you, and we're walking through this together, amen? Amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a wonderful week.